Hi, this is your host, Michelle. And Bella. And you're listening to AdLib. Connell and Marion grew up in the same small town, but the similarities end there. At school, Connell is popular and well-liked, while Marion is a loner. But when the two strike up a conversation, awkward but electrifying, something life-changing begins. Normal People is the story of mutual fascination, friendship, and love. It takes us from that first conversation to the years beyond in the company of two people who try to stay apart but find that they can't. And that is Normal People. I'm so excited. By Sally Rooney. Happy to report that this is literally my new favorite book ever. I'm so happy about that. Like, that makes me genuinely so happy. Like, I don't think I've been this obsessed with the book since, like, I don't know, maybe Ari and Dante. Okay. That's, I mean, that's a pretty good comparison, I'd say. I love Ari and Dante, so saying me that too. <laughs> me too. is a lot. It's the Sally. She the does Sally- it every time. Yeah. I was Sally runified. Literally love that. My phone just fell. Okay. This podcast <laughs> is Salaroon. What? No. I'm, try- I'm trying to think of like something. This podcast is like, I was going to say Sally Rooney approved, but she didn't approve us. We approved her. Yeah. Um, this podcast is, what was that? What? I got a notification. Anyway. Okay. I don't know what you would call that. Actually. I don't know. We love Sally Rooney. The point is, the Sally, point is- we love you. <laughs> I'm so happy that you liked the book. That yeah. makes me so happy. The book, um, the show, everything. I, I yeah. love her. Yeah. Love Sally. Um, this is this was a first first time read for you, right? Oh yeah. Okay. This was my second read, but my first time watching the show. Because, like in last episode, I was nervous because I love normal people. Mm-hmm. So I was nervous that the show was not going to live up. And I think happy to report. I think it lived up. I think it definitely lived up. Also very like full on obsessed with the show too. So. Oh yeah. The show, I feel like the show is like, I could definitely rewatch that. Oh yeah. Like that's definitely going to like be in my cycle of shows that I just like continually rewatch. It was it's short. Just, it was I love good. Marianne and Connell. So, yeah, I mean, and I think that's like they they are the book, like their yeah. relationship. Yeah, it's just it's, that's the whole point of the book. It's just so good. And I love that we like follow them. Throughout the entire book, and I love how the show did that, mm-hmm. like they felt like like completely different actors from the start to the end. Yeah, you know how we had that problem with where the crawdad sang, where we're like we could not tell the different stages of like Kaya's life. It was completely different, and it was the same actress. So it is crazy that it was the same people because like they felt like completely different people from episode one to the last episode. Oh yeah, which like amazing because they are completely different people in the book too. Yeah. So and it's not like um they changed Daisy Edgar Jones that much, but like no. she seems completely different. The power of acting, I guess. I think Connell looked a little different, but like, like just like slight differences. But like, I feel like it was their 
how they projected themselves. Yeah. So much different. Which claps to Daisy Edgar Jones and Paul Mescal? Paul Mescal. <laughs> Paul Mescal. Thank you. Mr. Phoebe Bridgers. I MDB page up. Congrats to Mr. Phoebe Bridgers. Mr. Phoebe Bridgers, <laughs> you made the show. Killed it. It's also it's Phoebe's birthday today. Is it really? Yeah. Whoa. They put the stars are aligning. I'm telling you, the Sally Rooney verse. This is crazy. Actually, is it really her birthday today? Yes. That's insane. She turned 28, I think. That's what she posted. That's crazy. We were just singing Moon Song, too. So. And you know what? <laughs> the universe knew, I guess. Um, sure. But I guess let's just get into it. I'm very excited to talk about this book in the show. Well, me too. Because um, my copy is quite tabbed up. It's a digital one, but it's also very highlighted. There's just so many good lines, so much good character development, just so much good stuff in the book. So we say we love the show also, but like our notes. No, literally. I don't know if we can do that. Oh, there we go. We made a master doc. (laughs) (laughs) This is like some in the attic at 3 a.m. type shit, like in the dark. With like the board behind you, like with the string, like literally that was um, us. Yeah. Like huddled over the computer at like 2 a.m. trying to finish the show because we didn't want to go to bed. <laughs> we were on a marathon that night. Yeah. It was just too good to stop. So, um, which is kind of how I read the book too. Pretty much all in one sitting. Oh yeah. No, Because definitely. I feel like with Sally Rooney books, you just want to do that. And if you do... Like, if you read it all in one sitting, it's a really great experience. So let's get into it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so we kind of already talked about Connell and Marion. Were there any other castings that you felt like were really on point? Mm. I don't know. I'm trying to think of all, like, the side characters. <laughs> there are a lot of them that, like, come and go. Mm-hmm. All of Marion's boyfriends. Oh, yeah. None of them were what I thought they would look no, like. No, none of like. them. But I feel like they're also like, I don't know. I didn't have a clear image for any of them because they were just like boyfriend number one. Boyfriend right, right, number right. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Swedish boyfriend or Scandinavian. Was he Swedish or Scandinavian? The third boyfriend. I think Scandinavian. And he yeah. didn't even look Scandinavian. But Yeah, I feel like any everybody else but Marion and Connell were like, meh. Yeah. Just kind of like sad characters. I feel like there's a few like kind of recurring ones like um Connell's roommate Niall. Yeah. He looked like a Niall to me. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like what I imagined. Lorraine wasn't how I imagined her. Connell's mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I liked her in the show. I liked her. She gave off like I always mom. forgot. Yeah, I always forgot that she's supposed to be like she was like a teen mom. Yeah. I knew that, but I like for it some didn't reason register. imagined her. Yeah, I some like I imagined her like in her 50s for some reason but girl <laughs> I know but she the actress who played Lorraine she did it great because she's just yeah. kinda like cool fun mom I love Lorraine me I'm too. a Lorraine stan me too she's everything um what about Marion's family her mom and her brother her brother was so wimpy <laughs> and he's supposed to be like so scary and like you know we even talked about that we were like that's her brother 
I was like, I thought he's supposed to be like intimidating looking. And he was like this little scrawny, like, I don't know. He just looked like a tool. Yeah. Which like, I guess he is. I guess that's the point. But like, True. he didn't look scary to me. No, I was not scared of him. <laughs> like, In the just slightest. Like flick him off. I feel like Connell could literally breathe on him and he'd like yeah. disintegrate. No, like that one scene. Oh my God, I'm moving the mic. You're jumping. You're jumping ahead. Sorry. That scene is great though. Alas. What about her mom? Um, yeah. I just kind of like, like, really honestly. I feel like she was more scary looking than true. Alan. True. Whenever I read this book, though, it's just kind of like Marion and Connell and then like blank everybody general else. images yeah. of everybody else. Because I only care about Marion and Connell. Yeah. That's that's it for me. Because I just think like their relationship is so interesting. Oh, yeah. And I'm a big fan, like, in books and I guess in movies and TV shows, too, of, like, seeing a relationship or a person, like, progress over time. Probably why I liked Where the Crawdads Sing Mm -hmm. so much. Like, I love that in books. And in, like, in books where there's a relationship, like, people who, like, they're together and then, like, they drift off for a little bit and then they get back together. Like, I'm a sucker for that. I love that. It's just, it's so real. It's always so good. And Sally Rooney does it so good. Like it's, it really, like, it's so believable. Yeah. And like, ah, I just loved it. So like for me, their relationship, I think this is why this is my favorite Sally Rooney book. It's because of like that trope. Yeah. Of like meeting and then like constantly finding each other. Just, it's so good every time. That and I feel like I just got so like endeared to Marianne and Connell and like yes. their backstories and everything yeah yeah I feel like her characters just feel so real because they I feel like none of her characters fit tropes if that makes sense like I feel like they they like they feel so tangible because they all have such different like personalities oh yeah, yeah. and such different backgrounds so it's like I feel like I'm just reading about this person like, how does she come up with this? Real people, normal people. I guess they so. They truly are just normal people. It is. It's true. And I don't know. I just think it's so interesting the way that she writes her characters. That's like one of my favorite things about her writing is her characters, which is really like, if you're going to read a Sally Rooney book, you're not reading for the plot. There is no plot. There's no plot, just vibes. Like you're going to, it's only vibes. You're really just reading about the characters. So it's like, I think that's her strong suit. And I think she knows that's her strong suit. And yeah she's smart about it because I've read I've read all three of her published books and then she published a short story that I also read and all four are really really character heavy because that's what she does best but that's also another thing like about her writing I've had a lot of people because people know that I read her stuff they're like oh is she like should I read it like is her are her books good and I feel like it's I'm always hesitant to say that like her books are good. Her writing is great, mm-hmm. but I'm always nervous to like, be like, oh yeah, that book was great because I feel like they're very hit or miss. Yeah. Like it's going it to, it has to really be in like your taste. It has to be. And if it's not, you're going to, you're just not going to like it. Like, I feel like it's going to completely hit for some people and it's going to be a complete miss for some people. So I'm always hesitant to recommend a Sally Rooney book. Because I think people also go into it with different expectations. Like if you read normal people and you want a romance book, 
you are barking up the wrong tree. Cause it is like, it's there. It's based on a relationship, but it's not a typical romance book. Right. It's more literary fiction than romance, but it's like, people know that it's about a relationship. And then I think there's that misconnection there. So I think with her stuff, you just gotta, you have to try it out and like, just kind of like know what you're going in for. And what, what is literary fiction? Um, I've never heard that genre before. Never? No. I've just started getting into it because I found that it's like, it's kind of a happy medium for me between like a regular fiction and like elements of romance. I don't know the exact definition for it. Like, don't quote me on this, but <laughs> a lot of literary fiction that I've read, like Sally Rooney's a big literary fiction writer. Um, I read Writers and Lovers, I think it was called by Lily King. That's literary fiction. It's usually has a lot of elements of like general fiction, mm. but it's written in a like very specific style. Like a lot of literary fiction books that I've read are like very analytical. So like the aspects of Sally Rooney's books that like there's reflections on, like her books are big on reflections on class mm-hmm. and like racial differences. That's a, that's an aspect of literary fiction where it's like, it's in, but it's embedded in a fiction story. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. I, like oh, I said, here, I don't- I found the, I found a definition. Give the definition? Okay. <laughs> Go for it, because I have no idea. That was my dog. <laughs> okay. Um, literary fiction definition, whereas genre fiction from romance to dystopian horror is plot-driven, literary fiction is character-driven. Any action in the story impacts the main character or characters, and understanding this impact is the whole point of telling the story. Yeah. That's what I got from So yeah, celadonbooks.com. More character-based. I mean, definitely from the literary fiction that I've read, I can see that. And I feel like it's, I don't know. I think I appreciate literary fiction because I love, I love, I mean, I don't read nonfiction, like no hate to the nonfiction girlies. I will never be one of you. It's just not me. (laughs) I need a story. Like I need a story. And so I think that's why I like literary fiction because there is, there's a story there and there's like, you still have a lot of the elements of general fiction, but it's. Number one, it's really character-based, which I like. And it's also usually the style of literary fiction is really unique. Like the writing is really unique. Mm -hmm. The way that like, usually you have a lot of like deep character thoughts, like in another one of Sally's books, Conversations with Friends, there's a character named Frances. And it's not written from her point of view, is it? No. Yeah. It's it is. It says it says it I is. in there. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Whoa. It is definitely written from her point of view. I take that back. It's written from her point of view. Uh, there we go. Which is different from normal people, but it means that we get a lot of her like thought process. It's more thought process than story. Yeah, but it's definitely I. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been getting into literary fiction. I think it's interesting. I mean, from what I've read from Sally, I'm kind of into it. You'd probably like it. You should read Writers and Lovers. You'd probably like that book. My mom adding it to the TBR, (laughs) and my mom liked that book, and she's not a literary fiction reader. So, girly pop, do you know how many books are in my TBR right now? I don't want to talk about it. Do you know how many books I own that I haven't read? I'm I'm literally staring until January. It's that bad. (laughs) Uh, There's a sale at Barnes and Noble. Didn't you hear? (laughs) 
you know, I just bought a planner. I'm holding back. Um, literally staring at my shelf and it's full of books. I have not even picked up yet. I need to go into hibernation for about three months just to clear my physical TBR. So, and it's so funny because I was literally supposed to clear it out, um, this summer and here we are, I'm reading books for the podcast. (laughs) Well, we're still reading. That's true. That's that's all that really matters is we're still reading. I'm still reading new books. Yeah. And I think even I've been doing a lot of rereading this summer, but I think even rereading is not bad because you notice new things each time. Yeah. Like with normal people, I notice a lot of new things and I think it made it overall a way better experience. So I am on the rereading train. No hate. I support it. I support it. Um, anyway, sorry, tangent. we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> this always happens. I know. Listen, that's what you sign up for. Um, wh- how did you feel about the pacing in the show? Pacing. I don't know. I feel like it went by very quickly. Mm, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like the book went by very quickly too. That's also true. Like we were, we, we were having this discussion about like, Cause I like really slow books. Mm-hmm. And I said to you, I'm like, this book is like, it's kind of slow, but, but also it's not, <laughs> not slow. Like plot wise, it can feel a little slow, I think, but I don't think she has a slow writing style. Yeah. And I think that, I think that showed in the show too. I, her writing style is very, it's almost like this book felt like snapshots Yeah, of scenes. It didn't feel like a narration of how many years is it five years yeah I think that really helps too because like throughout the whole book it's it's like each chapter name I guess in yeah quote, is like five months later two weeks later stuff like that so it, it, def- it definitely feels more like snapshots than yeah like a, a whole chronological study I think if she did a chronological study like then it would be a very slow book oh yeah because it's sp- I think it does span like five or because it starts when they're in high school mm-hmm. and it goes to the end of college, right? Isn't it like four or five years? Yeah, even a little bit beyond college, I think. I think so too. Because Connell applies for the, um, the master's program at mm-hmm. NYU, I think it is. So it's like post-college. Yeah. Graduate school. Yeah. So, I mean, it does span a long time, but I think because she does like the snapshot style, it works really well. And I think the show kind of reflects that too except I noticed that there weren't as many like time stamps within the show not until like the end and I thought that was like what (laughs) what year are we in uh it did kind of bring me back to where the crowd that's saying a little like with with shows I feel like there's always should be more time stamps than you think you need yeah because I get really confused sometimes like even reading the book, I like mm-hmm. had to remember like where we were and like when we were. Mm-hmm. But especially since like in the first half of the show, at least like they didn't start looking like super different yet. True. So it's like, oh, where are we? How what much time, time has gone by? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have to say, though, I think that the show as an adaptation was really good because I feel like there were so many scenes that we were watching that I remember saying to you being like, oh my God, it's they, exactly from my head. They took this from my head. <laughs> like scary. They took this from my head. 
And that made me so happy to see. Yeah. Like it's, it's just so satisfying. Yeah. Even like the dialogue, it was just like straight from the book. I love that though. It was like, like that's my yeah, favorite they were thing. reading straight from the book. That's my favorite thing. Like, I get that there are some changes that have to be made with dialogue and stuff like that. And like, like if it's you know work, what, <laughs> what they didn't include my favorite line in the book. I know. I know. I, know. I thought I, I thought I imagined it. I was like, wait, I'm going to, I'm going to go back and I'm going to check again. Nope. They didn't. I think it's like the, it's like, you know, um, you know, that, uh, poem I think it's called the orange by Wendy Cope or something it's like the one line that everybody on social media posts it's the one mm-hmm. that's like um I think it's like I love you I'm glad I exist like I shared the orange but whatever whatever there's this one line that everybody posts on social media and then everybody's like where is that from and they're like this poem and then it's everybody's new favorite poem like yeah I'm guilty of that too and I feel like for this book that line it's that line it was that line and everybody posts about it and everybody's like oh my god where is that from and they're like normal people do you want to read the line? Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's, um, I'm not a religious person, but I do sometimes think God made you for me. Come I on. Got, I got to walk away. <laughs> Come on. Are you kidding me? If anybody said that about me, dead Literally? on the spot, on the spot, dead on the spot. And Are like we- tears, I'm crying. It's just, and it's such a Connell line. I feel like he has such good lines and like it came out of nowhere and it was so sweet. I love that. It's like the best line in the entire book. And then it just ends the chapter ends. And then like, we like move somewhere else. I'm like, wait, I'm like, we I don't have time. Fa- to re- <laughs> we move past that way too quickly. I'm like I do not have time to recover Sally. There's just so many good lines. Like there's the one line that I know we were talking about, um, it's another Connell line. He doesn't say it, but he thinks it in, when they're visiting Marion in Italy. And like, mm. this is the point. They've just been emailing, which I think the emails are like, the emails are such a good part of the book. And it's they're like that, not in the either. I know. Like well, half of them aren't. Yeah. They, I think it picks up after Italy. They start emailing. Yeah. Um, but it's. They're, I think they're just communicating through email mm-hmm. and it's like, they can't really talk to each other in person. There's this like weirdness there, but he sees Marion. And I think I actually have a bookmark on the page. I do. Um, Last time she was <laughs> struggling to find it. I was like, I swear this line exists, but I could not find it. Um, it says because of the white dress and because of the small white China cup, he wants to say, you look like an angel. Are you kidding me? This man is so whipped. And it's, I think Marion has like boyfriend number four at this point or something like, yeah, she's about, like, the, um, is, is it Jamie? Jamie? Yeah. Like something with a J. I don't know. I think it is Jamie. So there's like that weirdness between them, but he's like, ugh, it's just so good. Um, I think we also talked about during that scene that they were supposed to be like super awkward and like uncomfortable. I will say the Italy trip in the show, so much different than the book. They go on like a little date in the show. They mm-hmm. like they go on like a bike ride or something and it's like really casual and I was like this is I mean it's definitely not written that way in the book it's definitely like a very awkward thing Mm -hmm. because I think this is after the point where of course there's miscommunication between them and Connell wants Marion to ask him to move in with her but he doesn't do the logical thing and tell her that he tells her that they he thinks that they should see other people. <laughs> this man. 
I love Connell, but literally like learn to communicate. Where are the brain cells? I don't know. And he's such a smart guy, but where are the brain cells? Yeah. Like that's also a huge thing in the book. Like they're both super smart and like, yeah. And they don't know they how can't to communicate for shit. No, no, not at all. And he's literally an English major and he cannot communicate. <laughs> like, yeah, I kind of felt that, but like <laughs> Bella said me vibes. <laughs> me too, Connell. Um, but so yeah, there's that awkwardness there. And Marion's like, well, he doesn't want to like, he's wants nothing to do with me. And then Connell inside is like, I love you. Literally. Let me live with you right now. <laughs> Literally. I do love that scene though, where he finally, like, I think he's, is he drunk in that scene where they finally talk about it? It's like after he gets robbed. Yeah. And he's finally like, well, I wanted you to invite me to live with you. And Marion's like, literally, I would have said yes. The exact opposite. <laughs> Marion's like, you should have just asked me. Marion's like, I thought you didn't want anything to do with me anymore. And he's like, why would you think that? Like, come on. You said we should see other people. I can't like that's one of the parts where I'm like face palm like really you fumbled the bag but I do I love that part because she's like she's like in what world would that be a thing so I think miscommunication is like a huge aspect of normal people do we want to continue talking about that I think so um Um, also before we start I just want to know do you like the miscommunication trope normally? It's a hit or miss for me sometimes. I yeah. feel like I consume a lot of media where that's the case, though. So I feel like I should say yes. I do, too. And like, I don't think I do it intentionally, but I know a lot, of, a lot of people hate the miscommunication trope. I know. because it, it, I mean, it's frustrating. Yeah. And like, I very frustrating. I think it like depends on like, I feel like in her books, it's miscommunication but because we get so much of the character's internal dialogue, like, I feel like it's not as frustrating for me. Yeah, I feel like it makes it more understandable. Yeah, because they almost justify themselves. Yeah. Where it's like, if we don't get any internal dialogue and they're literally just not communicating, I'm like- It's just oh. like, why Why don't you just- Right, like this, everything could be solved if you just like say what you really mean. But then we learn that each character has- their issues like very deep-rooted issues and it's like oh I see I see why you did what you did yeah and I think one of the biggest forms of communication in the book is like the communication between like the characters and themselves like that internal dialogue that happens and I do wish in the show we got more of that or even any of that we literally miss out on so much information by not having their internal dialogue because it's they kind of crazy they never say what they mean anyway so like if we don't have any of their thoughts I feel like if you're just watching the show I feel like it's really hard to get a good read on the characters yeah I'm, I remember I got uh two of my friends actually into normal people <laughs> did you yeah <laughs> I love that um we started watching the show together I restarted it and um we happened to be having like a long drive and I, I saw had my audiobook and I was like, you know what, we should let's take a listen. And it got to some parts where like I think it was in the beginning, the part where Connell was talking about the teacher that was like kind of coming on to him. Oh yeah. And like that whole thing where like I forget what it was talking about. I think it was like he he uses sex for communication and stuff like that. 
Do you remember that? Yeah. And like he I, has this kind of like surrounding trauma around that. I remember there being a lot about the teacher that like mm-hmm. I think the show didn't really get entirely because a lot of it happens like internally within Connell. Right. Because everybody makes the comments to him about like, I remember in the beginning it happens. Everybody's like, oh, are you like sleeping with her? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. And he's like, and then when eventually she tries to come on to him, it's like a really big thing in his head because he's like, right. have I been like leading her on and not realizing it? Yeah. And it's like, this whole internal struggle. Yeah. That's the part where like we're listening to it. And then they were like, wait, that didn't happen in the show. Like I would have never known that he has like this whole surrounding trauma around that if like I didn't hear that from his internal monologue. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, there's so much. Connell is just like such a deep character. And we just it, it gets wasted a little bit in the show, I feel. It does. Um, even like I know we were talking about it when we were watching the show, like even just like a voiceover. Mm-hmm. You know what it's I mean? It's really not that hard. It's like, and I know a lot of shows that do that and it works really well because then you're getting, you're seeing the character from the eyes of the other characters, but you're also seeing the character from their own eyes. And I think that works well because that makes you understand them better, especially in a book like this where the characters never say what they mean in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the this book so needed that in a show adaptation and it just didn't happen yeah and And it was like it was interesting watching it knowing what the characters were thinking because we already read the book but Mm -hmm. if you don't read the book and you don't know that you're missing an entire other level to them yeah like there's so much depth to the characters yeah and like a lot of the book is about how Connell like struggles with mental health and stuff like that. And like, I feel like in the book, in his internal monologue, like you can get a lot of not, I don't know, like foreshadowing, but like kind of get like a hint of the symptoms that he starts presenting like later on. Yeah. About like anxiety and like major depressive disorder and stuff like that. It makes Um, it feel more real because you can see it progress. mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like with the show, if you were just watching the show and not reading the book, if you miss out on that internal dialogue, the only time you get any kind of inkling that something's wrong is when it opens up with the scene of him in therapy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's very jarring because it's like, well, you know, show viewers, it's like, you don't know that any of this is happening because it's all happening internally. Right. And even besides that, there's also stuff that like furthers um, his relationship with Marianne where like- the one that I remember like vividly is where they're having the conversation with Peggy about the threesome. Oh yeah. And he like, he's talking with them and, and Marianne's like, Oh, I would, I'd be down if you're down. And then he gets this like really jarring moment of like, um, almost kind of like the sort of a panic attack. Yeah. He's like shit. Like, Marianne would let me hit her if yeah like I wanted to and like he has this whole mental breakdown in that moment such a big thing too and in the and in the show he's literally just sitting there he's like "Eh, I'm okay (laughs) yeah that's I mean that's a really big thing that he continues to go back to in his internal monologues is I mean what there's a really big theme in the book which is like power dynamics Mm -hmm. and I feel like they show it really well in the show when they have the conversations about class and like the fact that Connell's mom works for Marion's mom and they do that well in the show, 
But I think the power struggle that they're missing is this like the power struggle submissive. Yes. It's the power struggle between Connell and Marion, because I feel like that whole like mental spiral that he works himself into where he's like, I could do anything. And like, she would still like me. Yeah. Like that really freaks him out. It freaks him out to have power in that situation. And it freaks Marion out to have power in like a financial situation. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. Cause like, if I hadn't read the book, like that specific scene, I feel like I would have inferred like, Oh, he doesn't want to have a threesome because Marion like means too much to him or whatever. Right. But it's like, it's like this whole, it's the power struggle thing again. Yeah. It's such a big theme that, I don't know. I feel like we get, we get some of it, but then again, we don't, we don't get it with the relationship between them. Yeah. So I don't know. I think an internal dialogue was definitely necessary. So much is missed out on. Well, also we were also talking about like a big theme in this book is communication. And we were talking about the emails and like, that's another big thing is like, they don't show the emails till later in the show. But I think there's a line, I wonder if I can find it. There's a line in the book um, when they're in Italy. Yeah, I found it. Um, It's like at the point where they haven't really spoken in person in a while and it's kind of awkward and, but they've been emailing Mm -hmm. and like, they're like deep emails. Like they're being like really personal and, you know, it's not just like surface level stuff. And like Connell's, Connell's an English major. So he's writing these like beautiful emails. Yeah. And then they we see each nothing. other in person and then they're like, uh, uh, uh. And they're so <laughs> awkward because they like, they don't know how to be real with each other. And Connell's thinking about, um, he's thinking about like Marion and whatever. And he says, or the book says, he would put it in an email to Marion, but he can't email her when she's downstairs. Like that just sums <laughs> it up. Please. Like they have such strong issues with face-to-face communication, but you don't you don't get any of the real information about them if you don't include those emails. I just love that line too. I think that line is genius. Yeah. Like genius. Because I think it represents them so well. So. And like similar similarly, can't speak. Um, in the beginning of the show too, there's parts where like, they're supposed to be like texting nonstop. Mm. And like, there's a scene in the club where like the boys are late coming to the fundraiser party. Yeah. And in the book, Marion's like, oh, I, I could totally just text them right now. And like, I have a one up over all these bitches because I Connell love- is mine. <laughs> and- I love that part. Yeah. And like in, in the show, she's just like, kind of like, the outsider still and like watching everybody else talk about how oh the boy is blah blah I think Marion is so interesting like the way that she perceives things yeah. and the way that she thinks about things is so interesting like that part in the club where the other girls are talking about like I think one of the lines is like oh I'm gonna kill Connell if he's late he told me he'd be on time and then Marion's like she only said that so she can imply that she was talking to Connell and I wasn't talking to Connell but if mm-hmm. I yeah but if I told them that Connell texted me I would have a leg up. Like she, yeah. she perceives power so interestingly. And like, we didn't get any of that. And it's just, there, there are forms of communicating. It's just, it's just so interesting to me. 
Yeah. This book is so interesting. I think I could yeah. read this book like a hundred times and I'd still find. I fully, before we've about. done this episode, I reread it like at least twice, three times maybe. And you like, you get more out of it. Like there's just so much depth to the story. It's insane. I'm telling you, favorite book. <laughs> it's so good. Um, um, oh. <laughs> are we in sync today? Maybe a little. But yeah, I think I think the forms of communication in this story are, are really interesting. Yeah. Or the forms, like the lack of communication mm-hmm. is interesting. Um, I know we did have a point about the differences between the endings in the show versus the book the ending is interesting the ending is interesting it was um, very it was very open I feel. yes yeah very open which which is kind of true to the book i feel like the book is very open too but they're we were, open in different ways which yeah we were watching the show and i remember like when connell like finally starts saying what he wants to say we were both like yes we were like, finally, he's actually speaking his mind and he's not just like making noises and going, yeah, no, like he's finally like saying what he feels. Yeah. And I think that's true in the book too. It's like, you can see his progression really heavily in the end. So for me, I think that I took the show ending as more like, they're breaking up like it's over yeah and then the book was more like she she had the line I think you might have the line I do have the line I have all the lines um the last line of the book is uh Marianne talking to Connell and okay I'm just gonna read the last few lines because they're beautiful but also like it it makes more sense um, this is relating to Connell. It says he brought her goodness like a gift and now it belongs to her. Meanwhile, his life opens out before him in all directions at once. They've done a lot of good for each other. Really, she thinks really. People can really change one another. You should go, she says. I'll always be here. You know that. And that's how the book ends. The show did Which, not end that way. <laughs> no. Which to me, I always read that ending as it's just another point in their lives where they're going to split up and then split come back up. together yeah and inevitably they're gonna find each other again because it doesn't it doesn't seem like a breakup to me in the book it just seems like like a you see you later right like you'll go here and do your thing i'll stay here and do my thing and then like we always do we'll find each other again sweet it is really sweet i that's why i, I love that ending that interpretation of the ending that's that's yeah. the one i'm sticking with because i feel like for i'm them, ignoring the show for that one part that ending i mean just, it's not even like it's much different because I feel like I th- she I think she still said like oh like because he asks her to come with him right yeah to, to New York and she was like no I'm gonna stay but like yeah I don't know they, the TV she didn't, show she didn't really just, imply that she was gonna be like oh yeah I'll I'll be here when you get back right the TV show it felt like a breakup because it felt so much sadder yeah it felt more like a mutual breakup than like, yeah and they were like crying and like they were sitting on the floor and like oh hugging god I was like I can't handle this bestie I can't handle this I need the I need the book ending only 
I need the optimism of Marion. I mean, truly, yeah, truly. I, I was always rooting for them, even though their relationship was kind of kind of toxic. Yeah. But like, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. Every relationship's a little toxic. And this is also like, this is another thing with Sally Rooney's books. I feel like all of her characters can be perceived as toxic mm-hmm. because they're, they feel realistic. So none of them are like, because they're normal people. Because they're normal people, <laughs> literally. But um, they, I feel like there kind of is that li- like a little bit of toxicity, mm-hmm. but I think also like when Marion and Connell are together and it's like from the beginning of the book to the end, I feel like there is this, I mean, they do, I feel like they really love each other. Yeah, no, definitely. Like that's really evident. And I think their growth from the beginning to the end, I think they become a little less toxic yeah, because I because yeah, I mean, Connell starts talking more about his actual feelings right. and stuff, and I think they start to understand like why they were being toxic, and they try and like learn and grow from it. Mm-hmm. So it's like you want to root for them because they're trying their best in the end. Mm-hmm. So, Man. Sally kills it. You're killing the game. Like this is this is one of those these books for me where like. I finished reading it and I put it down. And then for the next week and a half, I just thought about what Marion and Connell were doing. I constantly think about them. There's not many books that make me do that. And it's I, true. I really did. Like, I really thought about them like they were real. I was like, they, they feel so real in my head. I was like, when am I going to hear about my bestie Marion? What's Connell up to? It's true. And I, I do like endings like that. Like the ending in the book. It does feel kind of abrupt, but I like that she gives us the space to kind of form our own interpretations Mm -hmm. because then I can totally imagine like what happens after the end of the book. Like Connell goes to New York, Marion stays in Ireland. Like it's, you can tell it's not the end for their story, but it's, it's not like a complete ending. Does that make any sense? It's so strange for me because I, the first time I listened to it on you know, on audio Mm -hmm. and it got to that last line and then it went straight into like, thank you for listening. And then the acknowledgements. And I was like, wait a minute, was I not paying attention for the last like 10 minutes? Like why, (laughs) why did it end right there? Yeah. But it It makes sense. It almost doesn't, it doesn't feel like they're ending. It just feels like the end of the book. Right. Which, or maybe like just an end of the chapter. Yeah. Which Which is even uh, better. I kind of like, like one of my other favorite books, which is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. I feel like ends. <laughs> Sorry. You didn't see that, but I. I... <laughs> Sorry, I should have put a trigger warning for Addie LaRue. God. <laughs> Michelle had an interesting time. No, no shade to Miss, um, Miss Schwab, but. It's not Michelle's favorite book. Addie's not my book. I love Addie. Um, but I think you can agree with me on this. I think the style that Sally ended this book in and the style that Victoria ended Addie LaRue in is very similar. The book ends, but you can tell the story doesn't end. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like when books end that way. I don't, I don't always need a complete, you know, wrap up. 
Yeah. I mean, for some stories, it works that way. Yeah, I agree. But I think for their story, this works best. So I think it is interesting, though, like that the show, the show feels so final. Yeah. The show made me sad. The show made me sad. (laughs) So sad at the end. Like the book kind of made me sad a little bit, but like. It was just like, it was very optimistic at the end. It was. And I like, I didn't feel dread when I closed the book. I feel like I could like pick it back up. Yeah. Reread it and it'd be like, oh, you know? Yeah. No, the show was a gut punch for sure. But I guess it just depends on what you'd rather. So I know that you also mentioned that in the end, you also thought that Connell kind of like was able to express his feelings a lot better. Yeah. Um, One thing that kind of reminded me of that also happened during the end was when he went to go confront Marion's brother. Mm. And like, I don't know how we skipped over it, but like her whole family hates her. Yeah. That's kind of a weird undertone throughout the entire book is like this it's like hatred full on it's like this poor girl is getting abused by her brother and her mom's like he's in the right yeah which is insane it's really bizarre and And yeah (laughs) and i think that kind of like goes with the whole power struggle thing that we were talking about yeah more towards the beginning of the episode where like kind of like that dom sub kind of situation yeah because then she goes and like finds these kind of dynamics. The worst with men alive. <laughs> literally the worst people. <laughs> Boyfriends like three through five. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not it. But I mean, it makes sense when you think about like her home life and her family. Because mm-hmm. she's used to kind of being. What is this saying? The, the beating stick or whatever. What is that saying? who the beating pole the something she's used to like being treated like crap so she finds guys that treat her like crap right essentially and here comes sweet sweet connell i know saving her from a situation with her brother and being like i will never treat you like that i will never let anybody else treat you like that king of communication who could see it coming. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> but yeah. Oh my God. I just, Connell. I was like so proud of Connell. him in that scene. I know. And it's like, he comes through when he, you know, when you really need it. Yeah. Which is great. I loved that whole scene in the show. I think they did a really good job with it. Like after Marion leaves Connell and then I forget why her brother is mad at her, but I think for no reason, he's just mad. He's always mad because, like, she finally has friends and, like, goes out and, like. Yeah. And he always claims that she, like, embarrasses him or something. I think it was because she was, like, smarter than him or Mm. whatever. Yeah. Or was that, that might have been during, like, a different part. I think it was honestly probably a combination of all of it. (laughs) Yeah. And um, so, yeah, she calls Connell and then Connell comes and Connell makes her brother look a lot less scary because Connell's kind of scary. A wimp. He Connell, is scary. Connell is buff. 
And he's like backing him up against the wall. And he's, he's like, like this big guy. Do not ever. I was like, touch her again. I was watching the show. I was like, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, why am I scared of God? <laughs> and it's just like such a stark contrast from like her previous relationships. Cause there was boyfriend number five. I think the last one, Lucas, guess, the yeah. Scandinavian guy. <laughs> oh God. We got like like, five pages of him and I knew he was like a train wreck. And he was literally the worst of the worst. No, literally. Um, She kind of like seeked out this very BDSM relationship with him. And like he let, she let her, wait, what? She let him hit her and stuff and like choke her. And like there was this whole scene in the book that was like super impactful, I think, more so than in the show. Yeah. It was a lot more violent. Yeah, in the show, it was, like, um, a lot more subdued and, like, it was kind of, like, again, like, snapshots almost. Yeah. Or, like, it was happening in a blur. And I feel like that kind of adds to the scene a little, too. But I don't know. The way I read it in the book, it was just, like, Yeah, I think it also more. Was, it goes back to Marion's internal monologue. Like, that's really the point in the book where she... She's like, like, why am no. I letting people treat me like this? Yeah, she's like, actually, like, this has gone too far. Yeah, and and it was it was like the scene where uh, Lucas is kind of like he's a photography student, I think. Yeah, or I think something. He's a he photogra- he's, a, he's like a fashion photographer or some shit. Something I don't know. <laughs> Literally five is, pages of Lucas. <laughs> yeah, and it, the point was yeah he was like conducting this like photography sh- session. Yeah, with um, Marianne and like they're basically they're like nudes, almost. pretty much, pretty much, and like um for one of them he like choked her like full-on like actually choked her not like in the sexy way <laughs> no like <laughs> like, like actually, actually she was like going to die cutting like, off her oxygen <laughs> and she like freaks out and like she has this whole thing where like, she's like getting dressing and she's like stop and like she's like this is not what I want I don't know why I was like seeking this out and like yeah she has kind of like that breakdown that we saw with Connell in the beginning mm-hmm yeah. And I think, yeah, like, like you said, I mean, it's, it's a big growth for her. It's big growth for Connell. And I think that end scene where she finally like stands up for herself and she's, she stands up for herself in relationships and with her family. Mm-hmm. And then when Connell finally gets involved and then Connell like assures her that he's not interested in being like her other boyfriends. And we see that. Oh my God. I totally forgot about this part, what? but like they, they sleep together at the end, like towards the end of the book. yeah oh yeah during he was like watching the football match or some shit and like yes she asks connell to like hit her and he starts freaking out again he's like no absolutely not yeah i don't think i want to do that yeah well that that happens and then that's when marion leaves and goes home Mm -hmm. and then calls up connell and he like he feels bad or whatever and then he realizes that's not why she's calling and yeah I think it was done great in the show, though. Again, like it was picked out of my head. Yeah, no, like perfect. And it's such it's such a satisfying thing to watch because like, you know, that like when you're reading the book, you know, and like even just watching the show, you know, like how badly her family treats her and she just like kind of like lets it happen. And then when she finally stands up for herself, you're like, yes, Marion, <laughs> I love it. It's and even when satisfying. she tries to like regress into that, when, when she asks Connell to do that um and Connell reassures her that he's not going to be a part of that right 
she's like shit maybe maybe i maybe i deserve better yeah it's such big development the way that she like seeks out relationships from the beginning to the end Mm -hmm. the whole scene was kind of sad though it was it was it was like the way that that I don't know. I thought it was interesting the way that she was like racing him to like put clothes on and like leave. Like that yeah. was a huge part. Yeah. I, I did really like that. Cause you could tell she like, she, I mean, I think even like in the book, it says that she feels like she just screwed the whole thing up by asking that. And she well, doesn't like, even No, He yeah. just wants to treat you better, but this is like new for her, like having like a healthy ish relationship. But again, I'm always rooting for them. Always rooting. But uh, yeah, I think the show overall just like it wraps up really nicely. Some of my favorite scenes from the show are in like the last episode, the last two episodes. Yeah. Because they just felt so like book accurate and like they just took it from my head. Just whole the whole thing. 10 out of 10, both the book and the show. Yeah. I loved the adaptation overall, mm-hmm. if that wasn't clear. <laughs> I do think I still would prefer the book, though. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I think I knew that going into it, but... um, It's just so... It's perfect. The book really is. Like, you really can't touch the book. And um, I could read the book 100 times. Honestly, and never get sick of it. For real. Alas, <laughs> have we reached the end? I think we've milked normal people <laughs> for all that it's worth. Yeah, we covered a lot. Um, and we, I'm happy we, we jumped around, but we, we got there in the end. In the end, I think we did. Um, I'm happy we chose to do this book. Oh my God, me too. And I'm happy you finally read a Sally Rooney. Oh my God, me too. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of the top three best decisions we made on this podcast. Absolutely. I think so, for sure. This, this is literally my favorite week, I think. I love it. They just keep getting better and better. And we wow. also improved our audio quite a bit. We did. Hopefully you know it sounds a little <laughs> Zoom? better. Yeah. Zoom is our best friend right now. Hopefully the audio sounds a little better. Um, we're working. We're working on it. We're improving. We're learning how to fix our mistakes. So We're growing. Yeah. So, uh. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to talk about. Thanks for um, coming back each week. I know. It really means a lot. Like we're, we're feeling ourselves. I know. <laughs> I love, um, cause we can kind of see, we can see how many viewers and I love just seeing that we like keep having viewers. It makes us happy. Yeah. That people are actually listening. The serotonin. And we're just not shouting into the void. Because it kind of feels like that when you're recording. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) It does kind of feel like you're talking to a wall. Well, I'm talking talking to you and you're talking to me. So it's okay. That's true. That's true. Um, But yeah, let us know on our social media if there's any other books, films, TV shows, any adaptations that you want us to cover. Or if you... you, um, agreed with anything that we said in this episode oh yeah or if you have any other thoughts if you disagreed let us know that too um all the socials can be found in the description of the episode we're ad lib pod 
on Insta, TikTok, and Twitter. And, and um, yeah, that's about it for this episode. I might also fuck around and include my normal Spotify playlist because it's a banger. Oh, we're putting that in the description. That is going. <laughs> I promise you it's a banger. This is Michelle's repeat. normal people playlist if you're feeling like you want to reread. It's very good. 10 out of 10. So we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. So next week, what are we tackling? This might not come as a surprise, but we are covering Conversations with Friends by We're continuing the Sally Rooney verse. Sally Rooney. Um, yeah. It only felt appropriate. Yeah. And uh, the Conversations with Friends TV adaptation, I believe, came out a few months ago. So kind of recent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure who's in it. I know Joe Alwyn's in it. He plays Nick. Mr. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Mr. T- <laughs> Mr. Taylor Swift is in the adaptation. I don't know about anybody else. But, um, but I know I'm, Mr. Taylor Swift is in it. Yeah, I'm excited to reread Conversations. And I'm, I'm excited, excited for to, you to read it. I'm excited for a new Sally Rooney. Yeah. I really hope I like it as much as I liked normal people. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you think about it. And I'm excited to watch the adaptation. I know. I have I have literally seen nothing about it. So Me neither. I'm just going to go in. Going blind. Yep. So it should be fun. So yeah, so, tune in next week. If you're next interested in more Sally. Yep. We will see you guys then. See ya. Bye.